Welcome to We Have Spoken, Season 2, Episode 7. This is the podcast discussing our favorite Star Wars show, The Mandalorian, airing on Disney Plus exclusively. In this episode, we'll be discussing Chapter 15, The Believer, written and directed by Rick Famuyiwa. It aired on December 11, 2020, and we are recording on that same day. My name is Dennis. And I'll be your generic space pirate for this journey. Uh, with me, as always, is my prequel apologist, Ricky. Welcome, Ricky. Hi, guys. This episode, Ricky, I'm pretty happy about this one. This was a good one, man. Yeah, we need to get talking about it soon, which means I got to introduce my special or our special guest for the day. So happy to have this person. I worked with him for a while uh, back in my in my glory days. He's become a uh, professional stand-up comedian, and he's also the host of his own podcast, which is the Uncommon Comedy Podcast. Please welcome Brian April. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. And I just want to say real quickly before we begin, uh, I am so excited to be on uh, the show, uh, the We Have Spoken podcast. I want to make sure I get that proper. Uh, because I have been watching this show since I was a kid, and it's always been a dream of mine to be on here. So I am excited. I am ready. It's like I'm meeting I'm meeting celebrities here. This is great. Oh, Let's man. Do this. I didn't know I had fans in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. I'm kind of worried you might have been watching somebody else's podcast, but uh, I appreciate that all the same. Thank you for being here. What gets you, Brian? What gets you going in, in Star Wars? What's um? I mean, what does Star yeah. Wars mean to Brian? Oh my gosh! Uh, what does Star Wars mean to me? This this franchise has been. Um, gosh, I, I've walked along with this franchise since I was a little kid. Uh, Just like our I'm, podcast. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's <laughs> I watched it at the same time, um, and that's I was so excited to be a part of it. It was. Um, I love the the Ewok retrospective, by the way. When you guys did that back in 1984, that was <laughs> yeah. um, that was really really good. So I, as a as a kid, um, Star Wars was just it's it's everything. I mean, you guys know it's visually it's beautiful. It's the the stories, the characters, the the good, the evil. Um, I remember seeing Return of the Jedi in the theater. I think it was 13 times as a kid. And oh my just, gosh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So like back then, that's, that's, that's a lot. You know, that was before people like really nerded out into doing, you know, going and see it over and over and over again. So I just remember absolutely just being in love with the, the landscapes and the characters. And uh, I know you guys talked about Boba Fett a lot last week. Boba Fett was a big Boba Fett fan. Um <laughs> And then obviously somewhere along the way, I, I kind of switched to the dark side and I went, I went Palpatine Vader and, you know, um, just uh, so much love for all of that since and you can see my, my special little home that I have here. I'm pretty uh, sure you do a pretty mean Palpatine impersonation too. Don't you? <laughs> I, I like to, uh, to do that. Uh, I like to, what I, what I've been doing during quarantine is I will find something and just read uh, the label as, as Palpatine. So let me do that real quick. If you want, I'll just do it real quick. Why not? I get my old man glasses on. So we have uh, some some pyroline things. <laughs> when you see signature swirl found only on pyroline roll wafers, you know that you and your family will enjoy the same high-quality ingredients and delicious flaky taste that we have made here in America for generations. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. 
I, I, I feel like Palpatine's voice is just like good in like short spurts, but like with the new movies, it kind of like I guess alludes to that Palpatine had to bone to make some clone babies, right? Like, <laughs> so like is his voice always like that? Hello, ladies. Like, is that just how his go-to pickup is? Like, <laughs> I think he has different personas that he presents yeah. to people. Yeah, I think that's that's the actual canon. Uh, of it. Yeah, so so just to, to wrap up, Star Wars has been such a huge part of my life, and um, to see the progression, I am not the, I'm not a big fan of the prequels, and um, but you know, whatever, uh, to each their own. And um, yeah. the last few, I've had some issues with, and um, you know, just kind of what they did with Luke and all that sort of stuff. But absolutely love the world, and it's been such a, a, a tremendous gift and such a big big part of my life, and I. I can't, uh, gosh, a life without Star Wars, man. What a, that's a terrible life. Yeah. It, I tried it for a while and it, it was weird. <laughs> it, was, it got a little dark. <laughs> Brian, I like, you know, I schedule these, um, these guests, uh, weeks in advance. I obviously do not work for Disney. I don't know the scripts. Um, but I've had this amazing, uh, what producer Lindsay, which by the way, we forgot to, in- I forgot to introduce, uh, thank you for bringing balance. Thank you, Lindsay. Um, she, uh, pointed out like how serendipitous these last few weeks have been, right? Because like, it just turned out really fortunate that on the episode with Ahsoka Tano, uh, I had her on the show cause it's really nice to have a female voice there to speak about that, you know, a female character, a strong female character showing up. And then last week, you know, we had Boba Fett and then we had the dark troopers and we had, uh, Travis, who's probably one of the biggest Boba Fett fans ever. And. Clark, who loves the video games, to talk specifically about those things. And so this week, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but like I I got so happy, not just from the episode, but from knowing that I was going to be recording later that day with Brian on the show. Um, and it's just, man, it almost seems like whoever's booking these people is just like <laughs> super smart or something, you know? Um, so I'm really excited to talk about this one. So before we get into spoiling why I'm so excited to have Brian on the show, let's briefly talk about what, um, your feelings were on the show. Okay, sure. Uh, I thought it was, um, for me, it was a really interesting episode. It, it didn't, I, I actually, I know you guys have talked about this before. I kind of like the shorter episodes because you get right into it. Like there's, there's no real... This was a quickie uh, for sure. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a fast one. And so it just got right into the action um, and just bing, bang, boom, kind of just you, you get your, your pop that you need from it. And it didn't necessarily advance it the, the, the plot too, too much, but it, it set up the way that it ended for me anyway, got me really excited for, for what's coming up. Like it's just like you can feel the build coming and this felt like a good build episode for uh what what's to come the last the last part of the season um well before we move on to the spoilers i just wanted to to uh point out just how lucky we are to have brian on the show uh i mean i mentioned that he has his own podcast but this is actually the first time he's been on screen for a few weeks now because uh brian why don't you tell people where you've been um, so the, the short version is, uh, 11 years ago, I got sick with this thing called Ramsey Hunt syndrome and I ended up with facial paralysis. And 
uh, when my nerves started to uh, rewire and heal, they rewired incorrectly. So I got this uh, weird pulling and all these sorts of things with my face and um, a lot of pain and all that sort of stuff. And about a month ago, actually a month ago yesterday, I ended up getting facial paralysis uh, correction surgery, uh, which has gone very, very, uh, it's been a massive success and I am pain-free for the first time in 12 years and my face is healing and it's still, you know, a little messed up, but things are moving. I can smile a little bit more than I, than I used to. I'm having a range of motion and facial muscles and eyebrows and things are coming back. And it's been, uh, it's been one of the most amazing, uh, months of, of my life just to see all this stuff kind of start to come back together it's it's pretty cool that was that was the other reason i was super excited to have you today because like i knew that this is like this is the brian episode in so many cool ways and i was so happy <laughs> uh so i think you look great and i'm Thank ready you. to talk uh, let's talk st more let's star wars for this. No, let's yeah. get into it all right we're gonna do spoilers for anybody who uh you know didn't watch the episode before coming here, your sweethearts, please go away. <laughs> or or just accept the fact that we're going to say a lot of weird things that don't make any sense for like the next 45 minutes or an hour or so. All right. I am going to tell you guys my super one sentence summary of this episode. And you let me know what you think. And then we'll move into that light side, dark side area. I think this episode is the one where Mando and Mayfeld reunite for another heist that goes incredibly off the rails i wouldn't call it a heist would you uh yeah it was literally more of a heist than the last time actually they actually went to get to acquire a thing sure as opposed to a person which was i guess technically when they did this last season it was more of a breakout right like it was a right but i mean that's just a heist with a person <laughs> it was an excuse to bring back bill burr that's all it was <sighs> I was so happy. I was so happy. Um, but like I said, I was really happy to have Brian on, and I think we're just going to get right into this light side, dark side, because um, I have a stand-up comedian on the episode where the prominent character in the, sh the episode of the show was a stand-up comedian who I happen to love. Um, so, Brian, what was your thought for having Bill Burr back? I was, well, like you, when I was watching last night and I saw Bill Burr was on, I was like, oh, this is going to be perfect. Um, it's really interesting because I am um, a big Bill Burr fan. Uh, I know some people may or may not know him. I uh, started in Boston and I actually performed with him before he be became famous uh, mm -hmm. back in the day. So uh, I, I've always loved Bill Burr. Um, it was kind of, it was a little weird for me. And I just thought like, how awesome is that when I saw him? Like being in, in Star Wars, you know, in The Mandalorian, especially, you know, when the Prisoner episode, I thought, oh, that was cool. And then they brought him back. I was like, how cool is that to have, you know, this, 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 you're not in this world at all. And then they pull you in for two episodes, which, by the way, I am available if you need another stand-up comedian. <laughs> uh, bald, I shave my head, we'll do everything, we'll take care of all that. Um, it was really interesting because as a, as a stand-up comedian to watch that, and to know Bill Burr as well as I do, as far as his material, it was hard for me to get into him a little bit as his character, as Mayfeld. And all I hear is Bill Burr. Um, exactly then, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear I hear Bill Burr. It's it's a very it's a very strange thing. And then the way that they do comedy uh, traditionally within the Star Wars world is it's generally almost all physical. 
you know, so whether that's the use of Jar Jar Binks, uh, you know, getting his foot stuck in one of the, the robots, flying around, blasting things, whether that's R2-D2, you know, getting electrocuted or Yoda banging on him with a stick or, mm-hmm. you know, any of those sort of, sort of things or, or C-3PO. It's all very uh, comic relief um, and it's all just kind of interrupting. And then you take Bill Burr and you take – basically you take Han Solo's personality, that wise guy – personality and you turn it up to like a thousand uh, because like Han Solo was always just, you know, snapping the, the, the little one-liners here, you know, laugh it up fuzzball and, you know, all the, the, the little things, but it wasn't constant where Bill Burr, it's just like, it's like him being on stage reacting to, to everything. Um, so it was really, really interesting for me to, to see that and to see how they, they kind of wrote in some comedy um, and a very, very different style than they normally do throughout any of the other, you know, movies or, or shows that I, I've seen. So that was like a, that was my first thing. I, I, what did you guys think of, of, of that? It was like kind of on, cool. on paper, it shouldn't work. Right. And the fact that they brought him in, I mean, twice now, and it's, he's not, not playing Bill Burr, if that makes sense. He's definitely right. still himself, but it doesn't take away out of that episode at all. Like if you would have brought in anyone else like a Seth Rogen, you know, someone, some other iconic comedian, you kind of would have been pulled out of that world a little bit, I feel like. But for for him, it just works so well with the character that they wrote for him. I think on paper it does work. And I think the real, the reason is um, uh, that you're, you're seeing it differently is because you're seeing him as Bill Burr, the, the comedian. But if mm-hmm. you think about why Bill Burr has been successful as a comedian, if you watch him, like he's the everyman, right? That's what he's doing. Like he's he's somebody that people relate to, right? And I think what Brian said earlier is so true: is that uh, he's he's the new Han Solo. He is he is a Han Solo that this generation can can relate to, right? Um, because he's he's Slightly really Mandalorian racist. <laughs> I mean, hey, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's here's my whole thing with with Han Solo. When the original movies came out, there was an understanding that before they hired Han Solo to take them to, you know, which I think they were going to Alderaan originally. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He was a bad guy. He was a really bad guy. And in fact, he was a bad guy up to five minutes before they sat down at the table with him because he just straight up murdered Greedo. Murdered and duties then, swindled. <laughs> yes, uh, murder duties swindled. Right while working for Jabba the Hutt, so he's done a series of horribly bad things, and I don't like that. Over the generations, they've taken his history and kind of softened it and made him less and less of a rogue. You know, the different versions of the special editions have made it so. Oh no, Han Han didn't shoot first anymore. Or like, let's <laughs> right. let's not talk about the spice running. You know, when he talks about the Kessel Run and stuff, and I'm like, bro, you're a drug runner. That's what spice <laughs> is. Spice is drugs. Well, you in can't Star put Wars. drug runner on the toy. Exactly. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so my point is, uh, yes, we make fun of the fact that Miggs Mayfield or Mayfeld not. Not Bill Burr. I'm not calling Bill Burr a racist. I don't know. You know, I can't. I don't know him enough to know. But Miggs Mayfeld <laughs> is. He's 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 kind of a racist character. He's kind of 
he's got he's got rough mm -hmm. edges, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what's cool is that's fine because I think Dave Filoni is going to take this character maybe one episode every season. He'll come back and we'll get a little bit more, like just like we did this week, right? We got more of him. And now we kind of understand why he's rough around the edges and why he hates the Empire so much too, right? Like we got that whole story in this episode and suddenly we're just like, oh, you're you're not that bad. Like but yeah. in the span of 10 minutes, you just like totally do a 180 on this. Yeah, movie. absolutely. Yeah. But here's the difference though. When he killed a guy in cold blood, we loved it, right? Because like right. that was unquestionably deserved. Whereas, like, we don't even know if Greedo has a family. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we don't even know what Greedo's deal is. Like, that just, it wasn't fair as the audience. But, like, this time, we got to know that that, that man he shot was a pretty bad guy. Well, and just real quick to touch back on the, the comedy side and the, the psychological side of, of comedy. Well, what they're doing with Bill Burr, and I think why he relates so well, is he's saying what everyone's thinking. Uh, yes. where, where a lot of characters do not say that stuff out loud. He is saying those things out loud, which uh, as a comedian, um, that will bring the laughter and the effect of people yeah. connecting because you have the guts to say what it is you're, mm -hmm. you're saying at all times, whether it's just with the, you know, the, uh, the prison guard droid, you know, what do you want now? Or, or whether it's, you know, well, getting they, into, yeah. you know they the totally uh, get into that when he starts like questioning Mando on his, you know, religion, like, well, is it, can you take off the helmet or you can't show your face? You know, yeah, like we're all kind of wondering it. He's literally on a show called the Mandalorian and he refers to the Mandalorians as you people. Like, yeah. <laughs> how, how much of that though, did you, did you feel was um, just kind of a, a build up to uh, for the reveal of, you know, him taking, having to take the, the helmet off, uh, at the access terminal. I think it can be, it can serve two purposes, right? Because you've been watching the whole season of the show, right? And, and mm -hmm. so like ever since he met Bo-Katan, he's learned that his way is not the way. It's the just, only way, I guess. Uh, it's a way. Yes. It's not right. the only way. Right. And, and, and we, and anybody who's followed the old cartoons knows Bo-Katan's not somebody that's going to be on the side of wrong anymore. So she's a good guy. You know, she's a, she's a, a heroine character. And so it, it created that, that split in him, right? Where he's now the rest of the season, he's, he's questioning, well, when do I do it? And so I think Bill Burr is just the perfect timing or May Mayfeld, because when he starts bringing up that point about, you know, like uh, everybody's got their lines they don't cross until things get messy. You know, mm -hmm. and I think that was the perfect description for Mayfeld, and it's also the perfect description for Han Solo back in the day. You know, so I think it can two it can do two purposes. It can feed the larger story that we've been seeing this season, where Din Djarin is is totally questioning his his faith or whatever you want to call it, his belief. There's no coincidence that the episode was called The Believer, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's him. That's he's the one who's now questioning his belief system. But also, it served as that great setup to that moment you were talking about at the access terminal. That was intense. That was so much more intense than when he took his mask off last season. Like, I was like, oh, man, he is doing, he is making some moral sacrifices right now. Um, but also, that goes to show, like, that leans into, like, 
the other thing that's been growing this whole season is his love for Grogu, right? Like, absolutely, yeah. He's a full on dad now. Like Travis said last week, you know, it's that's fatherhood, man. The things he was willing to do, he 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 yeah. sacrificed his principles to to save this kid, and he's realizing those principles don't really matter to the as long as the safety of Grogu, you know. Is, is, is handled first. I think it's, you know, that as we talk about this, we're, we're just kind of going uh, through. I think that's going to be the interesting part of that is, and, and you're not only seeing the the uh, gray areas of principles with him, but you're seeing with, um, with everybody, really. Uh, you saw it with Mayfeld, where, you, again, you said that in that 10 minutes, you know, stretch, he went from uh, kind of unlikable to rooting this dude on, shoot everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then same with uh, Gina Carano. Um, sorry, I, I just called Carrie, her there. Carrie Dune. <laughs> oh, yeah, Carrie Dune. Yeah, Carrie Dune. <laughs> Carrie Dune I, I just, I just always go with that Carrie Dune. But like you've been seeing Star that where she twists her, her principles, um, and you can see that kind of coming. Where uh, previously she's like, "Oh, these stripes mean different things," and now she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna bend some rules." And then at the end, of she's it, like, "I kind of think he's hot," right? Like by the end of that, yeah. like. She was pretty into Miggs Mayfeld at the end of that episode. I don't know yeah. if, it was a, if it was a romantic attraction or just like a mutual respect, right. but she's like, you just committed you know, war crimes. I think you're sexy. Right. She, <laughs> she went, she went from hating anyone in the empire to saying, Hey, maybe they're not all so bad, you know? So like, yeah, they're all growing as characters. She's he's basically a mirror of her season one character arc, right? Mm, Where she was kind of salty about the uh, Republic and now she's kind of yeah you know, leaning back the yeah. the thing I wanted to bring up the what triggered Bill Mayfield um, Operation Cinder that was introduced in the game wasn't it that event that's that's what happened that's what happened when Palpatine died that they were just scorching other planets I'm not mistaken it's possible that Operation Cinder exists uh you know, in other, in other stories, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, but yeah, this is the first appearance of Valen Hess, who was his commanding officer in that operation. Another Wait. American accent officer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was an American accent officer. They're really, they're changing our perceptions of the empire in this show. Um, or maybe it's once the empire fell they they just drop the pretense and they're like, we don't have to speak with the British accents anymore. <laughs> <laughs> who knows um but yeah i did like that story it was it was compelling it, it got it got the point across that like oh, okay now we're understanding why he was an ex-imperial and and you know clearly he's resourceful enough to be the one survivor of his division and he had a chip on his shoulder and he finally was presented with the opportunity to ask his commanding officer you know what's your take on that and when the guy answered wrong yeah, I knew that gun was coming out. Yeah. Which, by the way, his Imperial gun was quite effective in this episode, considering how much stormtroopers <laughs> miss all the time. But most of his kills were about one foot away from the gun. So, uh, well, that's how supposed to be. Wasn't he like billed as like this this expert like marksman or whatever? In yeah. The, uh, the prisoner? yeah. 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 I believe so. Yeah. 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 And he had the little, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. He, yeah. The, the little. Aim, the, oh yeah. The third yeah. gun, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. The the pause when he shot shot him was just so good from everyone. 
it's like, oh, the, the, the stupid stormtroopers that didn't know what they were they're supposed to do. Like, <laughs> oh my God. What would you do, right? Like, you're just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why, why are stormtroopers, like, how on earth or on, on the planet of the universe did they ever take over anything with the, the lack of. I don't know. Uh, discipline or technique. I don't know. But you know, you know, uh it took me two rewatches on this episode to finally get Boba Fett's joke when they were trying to draw straws to see who would go with Migs because they're gonna get their DNA scanned. And then Bobo's like, mm, I have a feeling they might recognize my face. Oh, uh, that was a good line. I thought he was referring to the helmet, and then I on the second viewing I'm like, Oh, it's because he has the exact same face of the entire clone trooper army. I forgot <laughs> I forgot about that, right? Like um and it but but the only reason I'm bringing that up is cuz like oh my god, the clone troopers were so much more effective at their job. Like why did they why did they get rid of them and that's replace them man. with regular ass people who suck at their job? <laughs> They're so ineffective. I just don't understand it either. It's the worst. Like you could do, you could do a whole episode on how terrible stormtroopers are as far as uh, a unit in a, a military. So I mean, bad. By the and way, they, and they have helmets. Like even going back to Return of the Jedi, Ewoks throwing the the bolas sticks and, and, and not hits the helmet. Yeah, and they're out. Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I I can't. I can't spend more time on these stormtroopers. They're just okay. Stupid. Just, I, I like. I feel like that's been a recurring theme this entire season. Is just the ineptitude of stormtroopers, and it's like they're bad. I mean, they're that's really the cornerstone bad. of Star Wars, right there. But yeah. I will give them credit in this episode. I will give them credit. This was in my midichlorians uh, for for future. But at the when they finally were bringing um, the vehicle across the bridge, they finally came out and they just gunned down the rest of like the raiders that were coming in. Like, Again, wow, it was people. like it was like point blank, though, right? So yeah, that's true. Yeah. Also, it was um, like super overkill. <laughs> they, they did an airstrike and then just like wiped out the rest of them. And <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, that reminds me, uh, and I it, and it kind of goes back to what Brian was saying about the gray area stuff. Um, so I mean, yes, we understand that at this point, Din Djarin is driven, right? Mando is like. Will do anything to get this kid back. It's his basics. It's basically his adopted son, That's right? Fun. So, yeah. so I understand that. I'm all in. We know Din Djarin was a hired killer before this show ever started, right? So, it's we're not questioning that he's got you know some moral ambiguity and everything like that. But when those pirates or those raiders you were talking about showed up, mm-hmm. I had I had a weird feeling about them. Because, like, yes, I know Pirates is a shorthand that we use a lot in Star Wars, like, especially in the, in the TV shows and stuff. Like, you know, Pirates are people that are going to, like, raid your ship and steal your stuff and take off and kill you and all these things. Dude, let's be honest. Those guys were not Pirates. Those were not Pirates. Those were people dressed the exact same as the people in the village that were given the transport the dirty eye and they they just happened to show up after they passed through that village and before they passed through the village you see a bunch of other blown up juggernaut transports that were carrying the mm-hmm. rhydonium right mm-hmm. um 
those were people who want the Empire off their freaking planet, a.k.a. the Resistance or the Rebellion. Those were people that the Rebellion or the New Republic hasn't gotten to. So wherever, whatever planet, more, you know, wherever Morak is, this planet, it's still occupied by Imperial Remnants, right? Which means the New Republic's not there. So these people are just fighting for their own freedom. Like, I've never seen a pirate try to blow up the loot they're trying to steal. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, right. their goal was to put imp- like yeah, thermal detonators on the stuff. They weren't, they weren't anarchists. They were trying to rid their planet of these imperial people. So yeah. I'm just saying, I feel like that was a very, a very Disney or like executive step in somewhere in there to say like, let's call them pirates because Din kills a lot of them and uh, <laughs> it's kind of weird. But I'm, I'm just saying like, that was that was weird for me, considering all the things they did with Migs through the whole episode, why they weren't willing to commit to the fact that, like, yes, it's a case of mis- a mistaken identity, right? Like, they mm-hmm. think they think those two guys are bad, and they're trying to blow them up. I don't think there's a problem with that. Like, it just, it, I don't know. What do you guys At think? At the end of the day, you're murdering civilians, right? And they had they to, were they were yeah. full on murdering civilians. Yeah, like. A lot. I mean, to its credit, though, this is probably one of the more that whole sequence of one of the more violent, I think, Disney things we've seen in a while. And I think that's like, why they think that's why they're like, dude, there's guys getting run over by the car. And you hear it. Yeah. yeah. And I think. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't call them resistance because it, it's it's they're definitely they're really playing with the, the whole ambiguity of, of right and wrong and morality uh, this season. And that's just one really uh, subtle uh, nod to it where again yeah. they're they're just they're they're resistance fighters essentially mm-hmm. trying to stop yeah. the empire and now you have you know your your protagonist going off and you know everyone knows that the empire is the, you know it's evil and now he's mm-hmm. kind of doing evil actions and um just again ass- assassinating and murdering all these poor people who just want peace <laughs> And I mean, so, and they were they were fighting him with sticks too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> those are pirates, guys. Those are not pirates. They gave Mando a plot device to not have a gun during that scene, so which drove me and, crazy. Actually. And he still but... super murdered them. Like, <laughs> no, what are you talking about? He actually did have a gun. He, he shot, shot one. Yeah, but he shot one, and then it ran out of bullets. Yeah, which well, and then and then Mig said, "Why are you shooting a gun with a, a transport loaded with rhydonium?" You know, like, yeah, it's. It's fine. I just, as much as I love the episode, I, I, it was, it pulled me out of it for a second. And I'm like, why'd you call them pirates? That, that didn't like. I know who they are. Like, you clearly showed me who they are. So whatever. It's you know. yeah. The 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 bu- running out of uh, bullets from the the blaster kind of pulled me out. I was like, come on, like they that never happens, forever. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, never. And the, and all of a sudden, yeah. click, 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 like. It would have been better to maybe have someone knock it out of his hand or, you know, something a little more, uh, I don't know. I want to say realistic. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) As we argue about a a fantasy story about the laser bullet. I I mean, back to the the gray area thing, like even the Empire, you kind of get a little emotion for them, right? When they they make it across the bridge and you see everyone cheering and a lot of the stormtroopers have their masks off. And I mean, 
it humanizes would, them in a, in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. it was really it's weird like, oh, to see like, that. Shit, they're people too. I know? loved it. I love seeing yeah. that. Like it just they had the mechanics feel, there. Yeah. You know what? It, it kind of reminded me of like Rogue One, you know, how like you just start seeing the weird sacrifices that that people have to make in order for their survival and 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 yeah mm-hmm. that was that was that was gross and fun too like you could see them cheering because i have the i have the uh subtitles on all the time and they're like you're bringing glory to the empire and then one of, and then one of them's like one of them i can't believe they pulled it off and it's like yeah <laughs> no, yeah no crap because like you're freaking stormtroopers and you never pull anything off so yeah, it was it was very reminiscent of um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, like all those victory celebrations that we're used to seeing from the Rebels. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know that that celebration at the end, and and just so seeing that from the the Empire side again, it just plays into that whole thing of like, yeah, they're they're people too, and uh, they're they're multiple sides to the story. And I, a lot I of people have to believe in their cause for them to get that much power. Yeah, <laughs> well. It's called the believer, yeah. But um, <laughs> as a reminder, they're all dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. They all got blown up. Every single person in there, except for the like two guys that copped in their Tie Fighters. But then they got blown up too. So, oh well. So whatever you felt for those guys, too bad. <laughs> that was that was one of my midichlorians as they're um, peeling away from the base, and Boba Fett just goes straight up. And you see the two TIE fighters following behind him, like you know, you know he's gonna drop the sonic bomb. Yeah. They didn't give it to us seismic bomb. They didn't give it to us last week. But oh man, that emptiness of sound and then I honestly I honestly didn't know he was gonna do it. He he'd never done that before until like Boba Fett's never done that. You know that, right? Yes. Slave (laughs) One has done it, but Boba (laughs) Fett has not done it. Yes. Yes. So I, you know, I never know. Maybe he didn't do it because he ran out of seismic charges. Who knows? Like, I mean, he had I, don't a bunch of rockets guys, left, right? I don't know how this guy's fully stocked on everything. You know what I mean? But he has paint, apparently. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the new gear. I, I always found it interesting, though. I, I think it's interesting to me to see where they go with the relationship between, um, you know, uh, Mando and and Boba Fett. You know, and what what sort of? Because I just have a feeling they're gonna they're gonna clash. Uh, I mean, I, I, I would be point, interested to see if that's where where they go with that. And at some point, that. there's a difference in principles for sure, right? Yeah, there there will be. Yeah, what about the fatherhood angle for Din? I just really loved that. You know, because you guys were talking about earlier how you know uh, start stuff started like kicking in, like where Mig started as like you know the the guy just kind of dismissing everything in the beginning um Mm -hmm. i thought he actually came around really fast as soon as they got him on that ship and cara dune said they've got his kid and he said the little green guy and he was suddenly right on board and i thought that was really cool because that was a very human thing and that was a very uh interesting thing that cara dune has observed now you know like She's not even questioning that that is his kid, mm-hmm. and 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 Din did nothing to like argue with it either, right? And so, uh, just that whole episode is just like the determination in him, like the things, the sacrifices he was willing to do. Like we mentioned, I mentioned earlier, is like, man, 
he he looked and felt so awkward with that that helmet off but you just could see in pedro pascal's face it was it's all for the kid everything I mean, he's do doing you, is for the kid do you think it's because that he's the the child's gone now because up until this point he's you know still on track to get this kid to someone who can teach him and hand him off versus now we're kind of seeing him i don't think oh, he's shit, there i got to get my, i got to get my kid back you know i don't think yeah i think it's yeah. definitely shifted to that yeah, I think especially in the, the previous episode when uh, the, the Dark Troopers came in and, like, that whole battle, like, you could see it kind of shifting um, when he was in his avatar, you know, state. <laughs> in his little, uh, <laughs> when he was in his avatar state, you could just see it in the beginning and you could just see kind of the concern and the building and the caring and, and then him trying to go and get him and trying to go to get him to save him. And um, I, think, I think for me that's when it shifted in his mind of, like, you know, I got to take care of this guy. I have to read a line to you. I had to write this one down so that I remember it. But you have something I want. You may <laughs> think you have some idea of what you're in possession of, but you do not. Soon he will be back with me. He means more to me than you will ever know. Dude, when I first saw that scene, I was like, what the hell are you doing? You don't call the bad guy and let him know you're coming. You don't do that. That's I mean, you had dumb. to sprinkle in some Star Wars into the Star Wars show. Like, but, but, are you guys aware what they were referencing? Oh, yeah. That's, uh, he said it in the second to last episode, right? When they first meet, when they're holed up in the, whatever, the bar. That's what Moff Gideon says. Moff Thank Gideon. You. Yes. So this episode was the penultimate episode of this season, and that's how it ended. Coincidentally, or not coincidentally, the penultimate episode of last season, Moff Gideon stood outside the bar and said to them, you have something I want. And almost verbatim, he changed it a little bit, and like obviously back in the day, Moff Gideon referred to Grogu as it rather than he. But right. I think that's a key differentiator, right? Like mm -hmm. Moff Gideon sees Grogu as a thing to obtain, and 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 uh, Din sees him as he as this is my kid, you know. So I it was on the rewatch that I realized because my thing is, in case you don't you don't remember that line was delivered by Moff Gideon, but while he's delivering that line. It's that epic moment where Queel is trying to race back to the Razor Quest mm -hmm. with uh, uh. with Grogu on the back. So for me, I forgot those lines, and because all I remember about that scene is Queel. You know, like I didn't because that was my favorite character last season. You know, um, and so I just completely forgot. And it wasn't until I was rewatching the episode and I noticed in the recap they specifically show Moff Gideon deliver those mm -hmm. lines. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm not mad that you called the bad guy because that's pretty bomb that you remembered word for word everything he said to you. Um, I guess you would if you were going to almost die, right? Uh, but also I'm just going to trust that the Mandalorian actually knows what the hell he's going to do next week. So, so he's going to get Bo-Katan and, and go get him, right? I, I thought it was... Know. 
I thought it was like a like a taken, you know, it's like those iconic moments, like a taken, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't know who you are, you? like that sort of thing. And when that scene happened, I got so fired up. I was like, okay, this is good. But then that happened, and I was like, like, give me, I am ready. Let's let's go. I don't want to wait a week. Like that just yeah. got me so fired up because, uh, and again, I think it's gonna trigger that uh, Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader sort of like evil push um mm. because of love you know uh going evil out of love um I- i'm curious to see if that's where they're going to go with it what he's going to do because i mean he's pretty he's, like you said he's kind of morally shady anyway um mm-hmm. but to yeah. see now that he's got purpose and he is driven and has uh emotion behind it like what's that going to do to that character i'm really looking forward to it yeah do you have any more things that you guys wanted to talk about before we move on? I, feel- I mean, it, it was a tight show. Like, yeah, the plot was. wise, you know, the thing they got, they know where Moff Gideon is, right? Not a lot of story happened aside from that, you know, except for Mayfield, you know, 180, but there's not like yeah. bigger Mando picture stuff. I think what I've started realizing is because we, we keep coming back to that every week, even though sometimes mm-hmm. we talk for like hours. But we say not a lot of story happened, but I think what it really is, is I think they really keyed in on that Star Wars secret sauce, which is just do the story that needs to happen mm-hmm. and then surround it with tons of Star Wars. You I know, mean, it's I mean? a very like, personal story. It's not a the galaxy's in trouble, you know, the light side versus yeah, the dark side. It's a very But that's contained... what brings us in, right? Mm-hmm. yeah that's what yeah i can breathe yeah i think what's really cool is uh what this show has done is you know like i've always mentioned in the past I, it's not necessarily a brag it's sometimes more of a complaint when i watch an episode and then i'm like okay so bo katan just showed up and so that i would bone up i went and watched every freaking episode with bo katan in it you know like and i'm really tired because it was like 15 hours you know like uh not really 15 hours but um I think what's interesting in these last few weeks is I haven't had to do that. You know what I did? I was like, I guess I'm just going to go watch Bill Burr comedy specials, which <laughs> gave me which gave me like no context into this episode at all. But it did help me, you know, talk more about like him as a comedian and, and how interesting it is. But uh, I think there's a reason for that. And it's really beautiful is that this show is starting to build its own lore mm-hmm. and it's starting to create its own little uh you know world that is isolated to just this Almost so slice of star wars yeah so something i noticed that was really cool and, re- and really subtle but the beginning of the episode started with us seeing more of those crane walkers that were in the episode where he had it he got his shit pulled out of the water right. that right. was the first yeah. time we'd ever seen those and now we're seeing multiples of them and they're being utilized all over the place you know like so they're creating their own little consistency in their universe. You know, like the other one is like Dank Ferric. They love using that swear mm-hmm. word all the time. But that's a swear word that's just inside the Mandalorian show. You know what I mean? I've never heard that swear outside of that show. Um, yeah. it's And like a, another thing that they're doing is like I really appreciated that speech that uh, Valen um, gave, you know, when he was talking about why the people will welcome the the empire back into Mm -hmm. their arms like if you think about it pre-mando 
pre-Mandalorian, pre-this show, um, the rule was always Death Star number two blew up, Empire lost, the <laughs> end, right? right? That's that's the that we just accepted that since 1983, <laughs> right? Uh, Empire lost, they freaking suck. Uh, they they spent so many billions and trillions of dollars on that second Death Star there that like they're not coming back from that. But what the Mandalorian is doing is giving us its own version of that story and saying, well, actually, there's the remnants, and they're pretty confident that they're going to come back like any day now, you know. And so, and I mean, you know, you, I mean, you know the outcome of the bigger picture, right? Well, of no, the- and that's what I'm saying is I'm beginning to wonder if it's it's separate. I'm beginning to start seeing this as like maybe the first order isn't these remnants you know what i mean Mm -hmm. maybe the remnants are the people that are isolated to this show or the shows that are in this specific time period and they become the enemy that has to be taken down before the first order comes around do you know what i mean i think we've been trying so hard to connect all the pieces Mm -hmm. that we're not allowing them to breathe and I think that's what I'm trying to say is this show is starting to just breathe on its own and it's relying less and less and less on old stuff that we know. I mean, obviously there's Boba Fett and, you know, but like, yeah. uh, but even, even with Boba Fett, I found myself way more excited to see him this time because he got the new paint job right. and he was just ready to go. <laughs> he was ready to do his thing. And, you know, it just felt like, okay, like I said last week, I wasn't, I wasn't happy seeing that Boba Fett because he wasn't my Boba Fett. But I challenged the, the creators to make a new Boba Fett that I enjoy. And they started doing that, right? They started taking the steps to say, let us just do our own thing here in this space. And so that's what I really loved about this episode is it was just leaning so much into its own lore that I didn't have to do any research at all on this episode. Like, <laughs> well, and, and what's nice, Dennis, we talked about this a little bit um, offline. One of the things I'm really enjoying about the show is you're starting to see these new locales, you know, like Morak, uh, you see these new worlds, you see, um, again, for, I, I was never into the books or anything, so I, I couldn't tell you anything about the Twi'laks or Jawas or, you know, uh, the Sand People or any of that sort of stuff. So, uh, we're starting to see these little pockets of these characters that we've all come to know uh, and, and mm-hmm. through the Star Wars and the movies and everything we've had before. And now we're starting to get like more of a glimpse into uh, their lives, their world. And again, it just makes it, you said it perfectly, it gets to breathe a little bit more. You get to see these other lands, you get to see these other cultures, you get to see these other uh, beings that you go, oh, I remember that guy. Like for, you know, uh, from when they were uh, the two, the two creatures that I always just remember from uh, Jabba's palace that were doing the the sword. Uh, oh. They were, yeah. Oh, the, the Gamorians. The Gamorians. Yeah, the yeah. Gamorians. Yeah, they they were just fighting to the death for you know. And okay, yeah. so like you start to see those, and you start to see other things, and it, it it's it's a little bit of fan service, but it's 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 cool because now it's like okay, now they're more than just these space mutants. They're, yeah, they have personalities and they have backstories and they have lives and and it's uh, I, I yeah. really enjoyed what they've been doing with it. So that was yeah. one of the other episode things I took away from this episode. It's just more new worlds and locations. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think as kids, that's what we loved about Star Wars, right? Just like 
what's that? What is that? Mm -hmm. You know, you're constantly looking at everything and like, I need to know more about that. And then George Lucas really never gave us the answer to so many of those questions. No, it's not. It's not. (laughs) But with that, I think we should just move on because now I'm getting angry again. Um, (laughs) Let's, let's talk about the, the little things that uh, only matter to a select few people out there, but no, no, really. Let's just talk. Let's just talk about the things that uh, that were just a special joy to us that maybe you know most people didn't notice or or just might not care about or things like that. You know, what do you go go first, Ricky? Oh, uh, so Slave One, which they haven't have they said that on the show yet? The name of the ship? No, no they they I, never I say the name on in the movies. You know that, right? Yeah. No, no, yeah. dude. You know right. them the re- same that's reason we do. Super, toys, that's super toys. weird. Toys. It's all toys. But the way that ship designed, it lifts up and then it rotates and then it flies away. Yeah. That's such a shitty ship design. But they show you for the first time, like, really the interior, like the common space, and they kind of, you see the cockpit rotate inside. I'm like, all right, at least. I've seen that before somewhere. It's not as like, oh, is he just like sitting upside down this whole time, you know? You know, I think I've seen that in the toy, actually. Maybe. But I thought that was kind of neat that they acknowledge that weirdness of it. I I liked um, one of the things that I really liked was, and it's not particular to Star Wars, but I love the way they filmed the Juggernaut battle scene. It it was just to me like a, a Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, Last Crusade, you know, Indiana Jones, George Kingdom Lucas of special. the Crystal Skull. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I've never heard of that movie. That I don't yeah. think that movie exists. The swinging, yeah. but yeah. it was just done in a very you know it was filmed in that way. It just had that feel to it, so it kind of brought another world that I love yeah. um, in, into the picture. And it was just you know complete with falling off, watching him get run over, mm-hmm. all of those things. It was like you could almost put two put them two up against each other and see the same bits. I didn't even think Actually, about that. I mean, yeah. He's in Amando's a lot like Indy where he's a, you know, he's a brawler. He's a badass, but he still gets, you know, pushed around, beat around a little bit. Yeah. It's not like he's just duking it out. He stumbles, he falls, he struggles a bit. Um, Dude, every character is just based off a of Harrison Ford character. That's all. That's all they're doing. <laughs> Migs is Han Solo. Mando's Indy. Let's go. Let's go. Somebody's going to be the guy from Patriot Games. And then you got an Air Force One somewhere in there. And then... <laughs> And then Dr. Richard uh, Kimball jumping off of a... Off of a yeah. A well, they plane. almost did. I actually got a hint of the fugitive when they climbed yeah. out of the window. Yes. And they looked down. And like, <laughs> I didn't see that whole thing. Oh, man. I think we just figured out the code to this whole show. It is. It's all Harrison Ford. They're just watching Harrison Ford stuff. Man. But yeah, so that, that really stuck out to me. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed that. It had the same kind of beats. and Yeah. You know, I said earlier that I, I somehow found myself liking Boba Fett so much more and I know what it really was uh we, that, that paint job <laughs> was a hundred percent accurate to the colors of the Kenner Star Wars toy nice uh and when I saw him I was like that's the Boba Fett I had as a kid and literally still have today somewhere I I tried to find it before we recorded like it's somewhere in my house um, but those really bright colors that just mm-hmm. never matched the, what you saw on the screen, 
but they were, you know, simpler. Um, I thought of that like, oh, they, they definitely were like, we have to sell more toys. So we have a Boba Fett in the scuffed armor. We have the new paint armor. <laughs> we have a Mando figure in the uh, Stormtrooper costume. Yeah. Also, one of my biggest gripes of Star Wars was like in Rogue One, you saw the new, uh, I guess they are tank troopers, the tan ones that had the same helmets from this episode. It's like you never saw those dudes shore, in the shore troopers. shore troopers, shore troopers, but you never saw them in other in the other series. It's like they're just totally created to make a toy. Well, I mean, what about the droids? The the stupid repair droids in. I mean, it's a, it's the same. It's the same stuff. Same beat. So it's like, cool to see a medley of everything that yeah. fits in canon wise here. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I don't know if this took you guys out of it. One one kind of plot thing that that drove me crazy was when uh, Medfield was in there and he was like, "I I can't go in there, you know. He that's my commanding officer. He'll recognize my fit. You have a helmet. I know, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> you put on the helmet, dude, and go there and do your job. It's going to be a lot easier than you know." I've- I feel like the real answer was he left it in the car and he just freaking he didn't want to go back to get it because it was too far. <laughs> and then you'd have to go back through all those people that were cheering and stuff. Like too awkward. No, yeah. <laughs> that was that was weird to me. And then like at the end, he's like, Here, here's your helmet. I never saw I never saw your face. And it's like, Okay, so you were carrying a helmet. Oh, it was Jen, <laughs> it was Jen's helmet, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Why did he stay on that planet? Like I get he's free or he you know, he He's a good guy now, but like, hey, dude, look, you're you're wanted on that planet. Era is doing some gray area stuff. All right, so she's she's comfortable with saying, "Hey, look, this guy, I'm not taking him back to the prison, but like, I'm also not gonna give him a free ride." Okay, like that's a little that's a little too far. So you just accept it. Accept it. We'll see him again next year, and he'll be awesomer. And every year he's gonna come back. It's just like all of Dave Filoni's greatest characters on the Clone Wars. Like he he peppers them throughout the season, so you know you don't get you, like Cad Bane is awesome because you don't get a lot of Cad Bane in the show. Mm-hmm. But every time you do, they build on his character, and so uh, it's like that for a lot of characters. In, in you know the the best characters are the ones that you get sparingly. I mean, you killed a lot of the people that live there. You killed a lot of the bad guys there. <laughs> and he did it without his helmet on the entire yeah, time. Like, right? exactly. At least take me somewhere else. Like I have absolute <laughs> confidence that he will be fine. Okay. Like let's just move on past that one. We we know. <laughs> we know we know Migs Mayfeld is gonna be fine. And that people will demand he comes back next year. Yeah, he's gonna uh, be running like a bar or something in the yeah. when they see him next. He's gonna have this and, place. And you know Might what he's gonna do? You know what he's going to say the next time he comes back? Hey, yo, Mando. Nope. I'm not going to say that. He's going to say, what's up, brown eyes? <laughs> <laughs> that is his new name for the Mando, and I love that name so much. He is, totally. just, to be, just to be clear, he is like one of very few people. He's like the only person alive that's seen Din with yeah. his mask off. Yeah. You count Grogu, right? I has Grogu seen it off or just lifted the? He's seen that mouth. That doesn't count. <laughs> Everybody's got mouths. We all know that. Yeah. I don't know. But you're talking Star Wars. He's seen, those, there. he's seen those beautiful brown eyes. I'm just saying. That was an, it's a that was it's a weird stylistic choice for him with his religion to choose to have a mustache. 
<laughs> it's, it's groomed, right? Like he's yep. obviously trimming it. That might be the funniest thing you've said on this show. <laughs> I did not think about that. Whatever why, makes you feel good, but like, <laughs> why do you go to the trouble of maintaining a mustache? If yeah, you're just gonna rock the helmet all the time. You either go beard or just shave it all, right? One of the two. <laughs> it's one of the two. Is this is the way? That's a good point. <laughs> Never thought about that. Yeah, I think just the the, the last thing for me was just um, the the detonators. Uh, the randomness uh, of the timing <laughs> of when they would blow up, you know, as, as you were watching them go through for uh, juggernaut three and juggernaut four or whatever, it was just like, it always sounded instant, like, Oh, blast, blast, boom, you know, big explosion yeah. in the, in the background. And then this was like, okay, we got it. We got a charge. It's sitting there for a while. You can well, have they a sandwich. don't want to die in the process. And then other times it was just like you throw it and it just blows up and it's just, yeah. it's like that's true. Well, there's a lot of settings, those, different like, settings you can do on them for sure. Yeah, yeah. You didn't see that part where they 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 yeah, prepped. They, they had a little meeting. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. first, and then. well, there's different button clicks you can do. I think that's in the old games, the Dark Forces games. Different ways to to set them off. By the way, that does remind me though, like the fact that they were willing to die to blow up those ships. That tells me everything I need to know that they were not pirates. That is not. No. Those are people that are dying for a cause. Pirates are not willing to die for a cause, especially if the cause doesn't net them anything in the process. All right. I think it's uh, let's before we uh, wrap this up, let's let um, let's talk a little bit about the fun stuff that Disney revealed uh, yesterday in their investor meeting. Um, they dumped a whole lot of perspective shows on us. Mm-hmm. Um, as on the Star Wars front, man, why don't you list them off, Ricky? They dropped a All bunch right. of them. So I'll start with the stuff. So stuff that we know that was always coming: um, the Bad Batch, the the Clone Wars spinoff, the Obi Wan Kenobi. And then the Cassian Andor show. Um, those are all live action. Those last two are live action. The new stuff, though, I guess the biggest ones would be the Ahsoka Tano show and the Rangers of the New Republic show, which are both Mandalorian spinoffs. Yes. So that's a. They're definitely doing some world building. I, I think yeah. we, we were talking about it on the Ahsoka episode for sure. Like, this is just basically the pilot. Like, they're just. They're just getting you ready for Thrawn. I honestly didn't see it coming. I didn't think it was gonna it was gonna be that. Um, I think I'm excited about that. I I think my only hesitation is like I thought I thought we were only doing this podcast eight weeks a year. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so like, damn, we will not commit to to shows for all of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't want to commit to shows for all of these, but I do love me some Ahsoka Tano. That's all I'll say. Um, I think. I think for me, um, uh, I will. My I will re- reserve my judgment and 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 excitement, and uh, just do me a favor and let me know as they announce which ones are produced by John Favreau, and then I will watch those ones. <laughs> uh, the ones that are not, uh, I'm good without. Don't worry about it. You don't want to. You're not interested in a droid story. No. Starring R two D two and C three PO. No. Oh my gosh! Please tell me that. <laughs> no. I would. I. I am probably in the minority, but I despise C three PO. I think. 
I don't know I, how I much of a minority that is. I think he is the worst character in all of Star Wars ever. Worse than Jar Jar. Worse wow. Than, yeah. I. Oh my gosh. And then I've I've despised him for so long. And in my comedy act, I used to have a bit about him, and nobody. Yeah, it got laughs, but like people were like, "No, we like C three PO." And then in uh, the, the the last, the Rise of Skywalker, the first forty five minutes of that film is just C three PO trolling the hell out of me with comic timing. He's just being the comic relief, and I was like, "I." Uh. He is so annoying in that movie. Oh I, yeah. yeah. I, I go back, I watch Empire, and I, I just get excited when he's about to go behind the door and get blasted. Like, I get, like, <laughs> it's like Christmas morning for me. I'm like, here we go, here we go. Here comes yeah. the part. <laughs> well, I'm just curious, as somebody who's really just a fan of the movies and stuff, all of the things that Ricky just listed off, what do any of those excite you? Um, the Obi-Wan might be interesting. Um, you know they, you know they also cast Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. Oh, see anything with Vader, I'm in. You, you mentioned Vader, and yeah, but it's Hayden Christensen. That's true, but you're not going to see. Well, <laughs> you, yeah. I think the only reason they would cast him is because you're going to see his face. My Are assumption. Do the voice? No way. If they do it right, it's yeah. the when the helmet's on, it's James Earl Jones. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be. But I'm assuming he's probably got moments where he's hanging out in his room and he takes the helmet off because we know he does that. We've seen him do that before. So I assume they got Hayden to just come do that. And oh god, he's just such a bad. I'm down to see more of Vader's <laughs> castle. I thought that was cool. You know, see sure. him chilling there, all half of him. Yeah. I yeah. Again, I really I don't know. Like I I feel like I need to be sold on these things. You know, like. The ones that are actually Mando adjacent, I need to be sold less on. Like, if right. you're going to continue threads that are in, are set up in The Mandalorian on other shows, I'm down to watch those. But for me right now, th that's my new Star Wars. Like, that's the Star Wars I can rely on. I can count on it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't have to, like, yeah. I don't have to ever turn on the TV and be like, okay, what are we going to see in this episode? <laughs> you know, like... No, I never feel that way. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Let's see what what's happening today. You know, so yeah. I guess um, the last nugget was that those Mando spinoffs will there's some uh, climactic event planned for all of them. So either a mini yeah. movie or a, a mini series, but uh, they're gonna blow up the third Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're gonna do, and then at that point, they break the bank on the ISB. Like they're just. They're gone. That the, there's no more empire after that, and then that's that's when the creditors come in, they collect <laughs> everything, and then they hold auctions. And then the guy, like Snoke, is like, "I will buy these things." Like the for people buying Nazi memorabilia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, then, and so, yeah, we never. There's no guarantee that Palpatine, like, you know, didn't go find a new group. Just saying. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with those shows. But I think we should probably wrap this up. So um, I really just want to know what you guys would give this episode a score of uh, out of 10. I would give it for the action. I really liked it. The I, I take some points off just for the, the, the incessant helmet talk. Like you've never seen stormtroopers. You were one. You know, you've never seen all these people with helmets. It was just incessant helmet talk. And uh, just a little bit of some of the, the things that pulled me out of it. I would probably give it uh, maybe like a seven and a half. Ooh. Yeah. 
Oh man, I'm going nine point five. I I really like this one, man. It was it didn't overstay its welcome. You got the action where it needed to be. You got some great character moments. Um, it's it was probably one of the best Mandalorian episodes to date, for sure, for me at least. I'm actually going to agree, not on the score. I'm still going to give it a 9. I really love this episode because it just leaned into its own world and it leaned into its own characters and we just got a lot of that. I do feel that there was a little it was a little light on Cara Dune and Fennec Shand and Boba Fett. They were just kind of like there, you know, like in the background. Um, but you know, I do know we'll get more of them. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a 9. It's 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 it was. It did really entertain the crap out of me, but I'm no Grogu. What are you gonna do? That's their cash cow. Yep. I know, right? I mean, um, I know I I judged kind of harsh, but again, it was just one of those things where it was like there's. I felt like it was good. Um, there were things that I, I really liked, things I didn't like, and but would I watch it again and be excited for that episode? Probably not, except for the last, you know, you know, the, the taken scene uh as, as we talked about before so uh, i'm you know it's not something not that the, I would go, oh i can't wait to watch this one again because so much great stuff happened not even the part where he guns down uh I, mean, that was, I, did, I did i did like that i i did like that yeah. but you know. I, and or what about the awkward conversation in the in the transport where he's like making him question his entire belief system <laughs> um yeah i just i found i found all of that really adorable yeah. but uh i think all good things come to an end and I think we got to wrap this one up. Um, I do want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank you guys for being here to talk about star Wars with us. Uh, I did want to give you guys a moment to just tell us where people can find you and, and what people can look forward to seeing you doing elsewhere or, you know, just share whatever you want. Why don't you go first, Brian? Okay. Uh, thank you again for uh, you guys for having me. Uh, I can be found on social media at Comedy Brian, that's C-O-M-E-D-Y-B-R-I-A-N. Um, you can find me on Twitch. I stream uh, multiple times uh, a week on Twitch. And you can also check out my website, ComedyBrian.com. And you can find uh, my Uncommon Comedy podcast, which I talk about uh, stand-up comedy uh, with comedians. Uh, that is the Uncommon Comedy podcast that's available on all your auto audio platforms as well as YouTube. And uh, one more shout out is uh, I have a facial paralysis one for anyone out there who may have facial paralysis or a visual difference. Uh, there's Unique Smiles a Facial Paralysis Podcast, which is also available on YouTube oh. and all the audio uh, podcasts as well. What are you, cool. uh, what are you streaming on Twitch? Um, I do sometimes I'll do stand up comedy, like teaching stand up comedy, oh, uh, breaking cool. down stand up comedy, why things work, psychological things like that. Uh, sometimes we do joke writing. And then sometimes I'll just play games and, you know, drink a beer and be stupid. So it's just, uh, it varies. <laughs> At twitch.tv slash comedy, Brian. Nice. Ricky, you got anything? I got nothing, I got nothing going on, man. Uh, Ricky's a nerd on Instagram. But, I thought uh, you had some cool art to plug. I actually, yeah. Good reminder, you can see it back there. I got some, some more Mando sketch cards from a Donut Machine. This guy does Good not friend. know how to sell himself or his friends. Hey, I mean, I'm not getting paid for this plug, so that's true. That's true. We're not. <laughs> nobody's paying anybody for this, by the way. <laughs> um, but yes, if you want some awesome Mando arts, uh, Donut Dot Machine at Instagram. Uh, go check them. 
And then, yeah, as always, uh, you can find me, Dennis, at uh, Denix Media. Uh, mostly just uh, playing with toys and talking about Star Wars uh, on uh, YouTube, Instagram, uh, and a little bit on TikTok. Uh, I will get back to those toy videos. This this Mando thing is quite the uh, adventure we've gone on. But I've enjoyed it all the way. Um, but yeah, anybody who wants to uh, continue watching the stuff we put out here, uh, like, subscribe, and uh, follow. And um, yeah, I'm. who knows? We might have more shows to do with all the different Disney Plus things that got announced. Or we might just, you know, die from exhaustion. exhaustion <laughs> whatever. Brian, do you have any uh, last uh, characters that you want to send us off with before we go? Uh, we'll go to a different world. We'll go uh, Severus Snape mm. from uh, Harry Potter. Cross over there. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd just like to say thank you so much for listening and watching our podcast. Please tune in each and every week. Like, subscribe, and all of that nonsense. And I will see you in the future. That was excellent. That was. I'm going to use that from now on on every episode. <laughs> That's a new outro. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think it's time for us to say goodbye with our sign-off. Here goes, guys. You have listened. And, and we, we have spoken. Have spoken. Have spoken. <laughs> <laughs>